everyone and welcome. Welcome to Flower Talk, the first episode of this kind of like podcast we're doing right now. I'm your host, Jose. And you may be wondering, what is this podcast really about? And it can be anything. It can be about talking about space. It can be talking about science, drugs, meditation, love, peace. Pretty much about anything. So this podcast will have different guests each episode. And each guest will bring up a different kind of like this topic we're talking about each week. And then our, our first guest we have this week is um, Kat. And actually, I found her from TikTok and has been wanting to talk to her for a while. So, yes, welcome, Kat. How's it going, Kat? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on. For sure. You know, like I was telling like a lot of my friends that it's just someone like I really wanted to have in the podcast kind of to talk about what you have been doing so i do want to kind of like i don't know if a lot of people will know um how you kind of like talk about what you talk about like psychedelics and stuff so you mainly started in tiktok first whenever you started doing your whole kind of like pushing psychedelics and or was it on instagram first um it definitely started with tiktok i just I felt a calling after my own personal experiences with psychedelics to really help spread a little bit of the truth and some light on, you know, the matter because there's so much stigma surrounding psychedelics um, that's completely not based in facts. And so I felt like, you know, no one else is going to speak out against all the stigma around it. So I, you know, I thought I should do that. (laughs) For sure. And it worked out. I mean, yeah, people, they got behind the message, and I'm just trying my best to help just spread some light on the subject. Did you ever think you were going to become, like, popular, like, or just get a lot of views and, and likes in your uh, videos? I really didn't. Um, it all not only happened so fast, but it just, you know, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a gradual thing. I I wasn't expecting it. I mm-hmm. just kind of thought it was something fun I would do on the side. And, you know, if people saw it, then good, they saw it. But I never imagined that it would get to the size it is today. Yeah, because the one thing I would say about your uh, videos, they're not, like, kind of, like, just talking about drugs or anything. They're also, like, kind of, like, educational. You actually kind of, like, explain a lot of the things of um, trips, good trips and bad trips or the differences between shrooms and lsd so i would say like maybe you're not even more like a creator you're more like an educational creator the way i see it and that's what that was one of the things that kind of like got interested in your your channel and kind of like what you were bringing to the table right i mean Mm -hmm. education was always the first thing that mattered to me because i it's not my place to tell people what they should do why they should do it um, but the information is out there and just no one else is talking about it. So I felt like, you know, I should let people know that, hey, doing psychedelics, it is physically safer for the you than, let's say, drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so those are just things that I wanted to get out there. So I'm not necessarily promoting people to do it. People need to make their own choices, but they need to have the information behind it to make those choices. For sure. So when with all this happening on TikTok, has that kind of like inspired you to make more content and different social media platforms? Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping to start making some YouTube videos, maybe even a podcast of my own. Uh, Just, you know, different platforms to, again, get out the same message because I feel like the more people you can reach, the better because a substance like psychedelics, I really do believe that it can help people in more ways than one. I mean, mentally, the effects of it are amazing if done correctly of course and so i feel like i'm in a great position especially as a person in my generation i'm not some old guy talking down saying oh do this do that no but i'm just i'm kind of you know i'm in gen z and i want to talk to people who's in this demographic and be like hey guys you know here's my experiences here are the scientific facts like let's see where this takes us so true so true so if you were introducing psychedelics to someone who maybe heard of it or maybe probably didn't even hear, doesn't know anything about it, how would you introduce them to them to the way for them to be kind of like, 
well, I kind of want to try that to see like what it can do to me or I've never really heard about it. Well, first, I feel like the way that I usually break up psychedelics is with people who are already using different things, so whether that be alcohol, weed, or any other harder drugs like that. Um, but a lot of the times, I meet people who are struggling with depression, anxiety, and things like that, which I know for a fact psychedelics can really help. So when I meet people like that, especially if I'm close with them, I'll be like, hey, have you ever looked into psychedelics? And they're like, what is that? <laughs> And then that just kind of gets me on a roll where I'm like, okay, here is how it can help you. Here's a lot of reasons why. And here are, you know, my own personal experiences, experiences I've heard from other people. Just you should look into this if you really want some help. Because I don't treat it as a party drug. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's not what psychedelics are meant to be. You don't just go out, get high one night, and then boom, that's it. It's a very spiritual, profound experience that should be treated with a lot of respect. So. For, I feel like anyone who kind of needs it, because it is like medicine, if, again, used responsibly, it really can help people. So, you know, if someone's struggling that I know with any type of mental effects that's like that can help us, I tend to bring it up. Yeah, so true. Yeah, like I said, many people just want to do it like, oh, let me just get high. No, I feel like, like you said, it's maybe like you have to be in a different kind of environment to really kind of have to like plan it to be honest to take LSD or any kind of psychedelic drug because it's a thing a different kind of drug than weed or anything so I do agree like how you're saying like you really have to kind of prepare for it and maybe not do it the first time you get introduced that you know maybe the person you really need to have think about it if they really want to try it or not because it can maybe I don't know would you agree it can they can have a bad experience if they're not ready for it. People can definitely have bad experiences. I'm a common thing that you hear about with psychedelics. A big reason why people say you shouldn't do them is the chance of having a bad trip. And what I've told people before is that having a psych- like a bad trip on psychedelics, it's not the drug's fault. It's, you know, for lack of a better term, it's your fault because the way that you go into the trip, it all counts on your mindset and the setting that you put yourself in. And if you're not mature enough to really make sure that those are okay and make sure that you're in a good place before this, basically, if you rush into it and you do it, if you're not ready for it, you're, you might have a negative experience that that's on you for not making sure that you're using it responsibly the way that it should be. So, you know, that's why you just need to educate people so they know how to use it responsibly. Because a lot of times uh, people truly don't know what to do. And that's not exactly their fault, but. You know, you always should be as educated as a topic. And this goes for any drug or really any area on life. You need to be educated before doing anything, especially when it's such a big decision, such as taking a psychedelic trip. Yes, I agree. Would you, so for uh, talking about personal experiences, whenever you first taken it, were you always kind of like, like you wanted to take it or were you against it? How was your experience, you know, the first time you got introduced to psychedelics? <laughs> so the funny thing was um, when I first got introduced to psychedelics, it was by one of my close friends and she was a lot more advanced and a lot more adventurous to mm-hmm. just any type of drug use than I was. And she had texted me one day and she's like, Kat, I want to do acid. And I was like, oh my God, don't do acid. That's going to fry your brain, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was one of those people who just, you know, it's ignorance, misinformation. It's all that we're taught to believe because of that big stigma. And so I was, I was 100% one of those people who believes it's going to fry your brain or you're going to jump out a window and things like that. And she said, Kat, you don't know what you're talking about. Literally just take 10 minutes look it up and educate yourself and I was like okay and I did and after those 10 minutes I was like well everything I believe is wrong (laughs) everything I've been told (laughs) to believe is wrong because you know the information it's literally at our fingertips anyone who wants to know the truth about it and the facts about it it's right there it's just everyone accepts what they've been told as the truth and they don't question it which is that's a big you know that's wrong in our society for so many ways not even with psychedelics, which is everything. You need to question whatever you're being told. Even, you know, when I'm the one telling you it, people need to make their own decisions for themselves. And, you know, that's what I did um, with psychedelics. And I came back to my friend and I was like, hey, 
I was completely wrong. My bad. This is actually a lot safer, a lot better for you than I even thought. And I said, okay, like, I'll be your trip sitter. And <laughs> um, after I helped her go through that experience, because, of course, I did so much research. I researched it for days on end, how to be the best trip sitter, how to do this and that. And although I had no experience with it yet, I, you know, took in as much information as I could. And then I went out and learned how to help people. And I guided her through that trip. And after seeing how amazing it went for her, I was like, you know what? I'm next. I'm going to do it. And... <laughs> That kind of kicked off the big journey. Nice. Yeah, I, I would say I would kind of be the same as how you took it because a lot of times whenever I heard about LSD, I heard a lot of my friends taking it, and they were like a little bit older than me. So I was always like scared about it because they will say like talk about their trips and whatever, and I'll be like, oh, my God, like this is insane. Like like whatever they're talking about, it's, I just don't want to experience that. Like I just don't want to ever – want to go through that and i was always like no it's probably gonna change your life and you're, you're gonna be a different person after that i don't know what i was thinking before like i said a lot of people are very ignorant or just don't have any information about it and like you said it it's just kind of like you have to go research and you'll find everything and there's a, there's a lot of research about lsd and done in the 60s and um and many years and other countries doing it so I feel like a lot of people are like in the same boat as how I was or how how you were in the beginning. I was like not knowing anything about it or maybe even comparing it to weed sometimes or saying like it's an extreme version of weed. Um, And that's why maybe people maybe see it differently or have so much negative uh, feeling towards um, psychedelic drugs. Right. Yeah, again, it's just lack of education and ignorance, and it's really just blindly believing everything that we've been told. So it's up to people on their own time, on their own terms, to look up this information. One of the best things about having a phone in your hand is you have access to everything at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So it's really up to you whether or not you want to learn more about it. And I feel like as someone who does know what they're talking about, I'm not going to say I'm a scientific expert. We'll leave the, the actual clinical trials to people who know, you know, science. Yes. <laughs> but as someone who's taken the time to really do research, I feel like I should be the one, or at least one of the ones, who helps share this with people. A lot of people don't even know that they should question it. A lot of people just take it at fact. So, you know, just yeah. trying my best. <laughs> Would you say... If anyone asks you, are psychedelics dangerous, how do you answer that? Because a lot of people really think it's a dangerous drug in a way of... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was one of them. You know, I really thought it was going to mess you up and you're going to go insane and things like that. Um, so knowing that I came from that place of ignorance, it helps me better to talk to people who are in that same place because I've been there before. Um, but how I usually like to compare it is, is I go, well, do you drink? And almost everyone you're going to ask is going to be like, yeah, I drink, or at least my parents drink. You know, drinking, it's so socially acceptable, even though it's one of the most harmful and toxic drugs. I'm Mm -hmm. talking like scientifically speaking, it is awful for you, truly. And the amount of people who die from it is, you know, don't even let me get into that. But the reason that it is socially acceptable is just because someone long ago decided that's what it would be and that weed and other things like that and psychedelics would be taboo. So I typically bring that in by introducing a drug that they're comfortable with that a lot of people don't see as a really dangerous drug because it's not presented as that, even though it is. And (laughs) they'll always be like, yeah, you know, I drink, but that's drinking. It's safe for you. I'm like, well, actually, if you take a look at studies that scientists have done, it's shown that psychedelics are significantly safer than alcohol. So if you're going to go out and drink and get wasted every weekend, you know, (laughs) I think one mushroom trip, one, you know, acid trip, it's not going to hurt you. Like, you're worrying about the wrong thing. So mm-hmm. that's how I usually like to do it. And, of course, people don't believe that because, the you know, it sounds so outrageous. Like, what, are you kidding me? I drink all the time. I'm fine. And, again, it just goes back to that stigma that surrounds it because people are just, they're taught to believe that psychedelics is bad, it's dangerous. But if you actually look at the facts, it's, it's safer than a glass of wine that you have in your hands. <laughs> Yeah, so true. And and that goes with a lot of things, even for like even for weed, you know, many people really, really are against weed. 
thinking is like 20 times worse than alcohol or anything else. And I'm always like kind of confused of how white people think that way or why do they have such a negative feeling towards that way? And I don't know. What would you think like white people really are against either weed, psychedelics and any kind of like drug like that? Because it's all that they've been taught to believe. Um, You look back in the days of the 60s when there was a lot of government propaganda put out about psychedelics. And you go back to the 40s and there's so much propaganda put out about weed. And it's just, it's been so ingrained into our society to think that way. And for generations, we haven't had access to technology like we do today where we can find the information for ourselves. So, um, okay, here's an example of some propaganda that the government took out back in the 40s, 30s, like that, when they were demonizing weed because they were trying to um, demonize a group of people, specifically Mm -hmm. Mexicans. So what they did is they would put out ads saying that, you know, reefer madness, we've all heard that term, saying that if you smoke weed, you're going to go insane. And there was one incredibly racist ad because the whole war on drugs is very racist. That's the main point for it. It was always political, never about safety. But um, they put out an ad about weed and they're like, Mexican men smoke weed and they thirst for, they lust for white blood. So saying that if you smoke weed, these horrible, awful Mexicans, again, demonizing them and humanizing them, saying that they're going to go and kill white people. And, you know, this is, this is very typical of the time back then. And even to this day, there's still so much racism going on. But the fact of the matter is there's been so much propaganda just pushed into our head and making us forced to believe it because it goes with the political agenda of the time that people just take it as the truth. And you see the, you see the ripples of that to today, you know, even when all this information is widely out there, people are finally starting to wake up to the truth, but still you have those ingrained societal beliefs that, you know, weed is awful and weed's going to kill you. Same thing with psychedelics. So that is, you know, again, yeah, that is so crazy. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. I've never really I I mean I know how the government has really like made things sound like kind of like, kind of like just twisting everything into like and promoting it that way so it's crazy how I mean I, I know so many things how the government has really really be against it and twist everything and make different kind of stories in the 60s and 70s and they will actually like kind of like put those people in jail for like 15 20 years for having a gram of weed and, okay, let me get into the war on drugs for a minute. So, yes. under the Nixon administration, it became a lot more ramped up, and then the Reagan administration, things like that. And it was really thrust into the public spotlight, being like, hey, war on drugs is bad. People are dying. These people are being the burdens of society. Just really demonizing groups of people who, I'm talking about, like, heroin, crack. Of course, those drugs don't belong in anyone's hands. That actually ruins people's lives. But when we're talking about weed and psychedelics, there really is no reason that should be illegal. And they knew back in the 60s that there was no scientific evidence showing that these drugs were dangerous at all. They knew it. And one of Nixon's top advisors even admitted to it. He's like, did we know the drugs were safe? Of course we did. We didn't care. What they did and why the war on drugs was so ramped up is because you think of the typical people who are going to smoke weed and do psychedelics and it political enemies, it's minorities, it's groups of people that the government doesn't necessarily want to vote or have a say in the election. Mm-hmm, and so, so when true. you arrest someone for this, <laughs> when you arrest someone for this, it takes away their right to vote and their right to stay in society. So it was a political move made to demonize a group of people. And how are you able to arrest and disrupt these communities? Well, you got to make something illegal that they all do. Well, you know, not they all, but it's a generalization. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they heavily criminalized weed so that they could disrupt black and really just minority communities, throw them all in jail. And you look today, the amount of people of color in prison because of like marijuana is insane. It's still is happening to this day that black people are more widely persecuted for weed arrests than white people or anyone of other <laughs> color. Um, but anyways, it's just, the whole war on drugs, everything that we really know about drugs this day is fueled by government propaganda and really just trying to disrupt minorities and people who were against the current administration at the time. 
yeah, it, that's the crate. That is so true. Like it's just so crazy how because of that, what happened back th- back in the day in the government, we are here today because of that. You know, we could have been in a different time if we were handling drugs differently back in the sixties, seventies, and all those years. We wouldn't be having these problems we're having right now, and people going to jail for the stupidest thing ever. And it's just crazy how, like, because of what happened in the government back then, just things are not the way it should be today. I mean, we're not as progressive out as we were think we were going to be back then. Right, and that's what happens when you put people like that in power. People who are, let's say. I'm not going to hate on conservatives, but when have they ever really been on the right side of history? You know, you need progressive people with progressive laws to be put in office. Even back in the 60s, I think we could have avoided this whole war on drugs if people actually were using the facts to back their decision rather than political motives. So there's a lot of corruption on both sides. Not, I'm not talking about right wing or left wing. That like, It's just, it's, it's not about that. There's corruptions on both sides. But what it is about is we're electing the wrong people who are making the wrong decisions based on their own motives and not the greater good for people. And that's what the whole war on drugs was. It was used to oppress political minorities and enemies. Yes, that is so true. Because sometimes whenever I'm looking for someone who's running either for Senate or governor or whatever it can be that's running, I always look at their policies. I always look if are they okay with we? Are they okay with this? Because that's what you're looking for. Because if you want a better future, or you, if you want someone who's progressive, you're looking for someone who's really it's open minded to those kind of topics, and maybe wants to move forward to that. A lot, a lot of a lot of politicians are very against even weed today. They some politicians don't want it to even be legal or anything still. And I feel like that's where people really need to look at. You know, if if you really really want change, we got to vote for the people who are open-minded or even or who are into those topics that many politicians are not yeah for sure i think that there are a lot of ignorant people who we keep electing who are against weed and a common argument that i hear this even among my own parents just people of older generations they're always like well why do you care about weed legalization so much it's just a drug you're you're a stupid stoner things like that but it's not just a drug. This, These laws put in place against me right now are putting people away for years of their life for possessing something that grows naturally from the ground that is not dangerous whatsoever and has enormous medical benefits. So it's not about, oh, I don't want to go smoke a blunt and be safe about it. It's about these people's lives are being ruined because we're locking them up unfairly based on laws from decades ago that are extremely racist and made to do exactly that. So... Again, it's about dismantling these horrible institutions that have been in place for so long. It's not about, I just want to go smoke a blunt. It's about helping people whose lives are ruined because of these laws. Like, there were people locked up for 20-plus years, again, like you were saying, for having just a few grams of literally a plant on them. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's insane how those laws are still in place, and just because it's socially acceptable does not make it right, in the same way that a lot of laws were socially acceptable didn't make them right, just like segregation or even slavery. You know, just because it's the status quo and how things are does not make it right whatsoever. And it's up to us to be able to sort that out and change the world for the better. Yeah, it's so true. And I always kind of like look at other countries. You know, a lot of countries out there, they have different views on it and they don't put you in jail for it. I was looking in, I think it was Portugal who... The country Portugal, who if you have like drugs or even hard like hard drugs, they don't treat it as like oh you're like a bad person. They treat you like we're just gonna help you. You know we're gonna help you like go through this. We're gonna help you. You know you're not a bad person, but we're gonna try to help you get out of this drug. And they look at it a different way over there. They don't look at it as like oh you're gonna go in jail for 15 years for having you know um, cocaine or having doing this drug or whatever even for psychedelics or whatever. And it's crazy mm-hmm. how in the United States, they look at you. If you have like shrooms, if you have anything that is not even weed or anything else like weed, they put you in jail for many years and they look at you as like, you're a bad person and you're, you know, you're not doing a good thing in the United States. You're not doing, you're, you're a horrible person and all this stuff. 
it's just crazy how I don't know. I just always get mad at that. How in different countries they look at it a different way. Right. There are definitely countries out there who are doing a much better job and have a history of not nearly as racist laws and corrupt politicians making these laws. Mm -hmm. Um, So that definitely sets them up for a better situation. Of course, it's always been known that the United States has had immense racial issues. And that's true of every single country, but even more so when you have such a blending of all different nations in a place, it's going to boil up for a lot of things, especially for white supremacists and really anyone who thinks that they're better than anyone else, which is a big problem we've had for decades since the beginning of our founding. But um, the thing that's so great about these other countries is I feel like this is how we should treat drug use in general. And again, I'm not talking about alcohol, I'm not talking about psychedelics, weed, any of the actual drugs that are safe for you that people, you know, can't get necessarily that addicted to. Just things that you're not going to end up in the back of an alleyway for, right? But Mm -hmm. things like crack, heroin, meth, like actual hardcore drugs that ruin people's lives. I'm not advocating for the legalization of that in any way, shape, or form because those things do need to be illegal because those are actually a public health emergency and things that can ruin people's lives. But in the case of, you know, things that can't do that, I think it's it's just completely insane that we're treating that in such a way that it's just as dangerous when there's such a huge gap of safety and danger. But how they're treating these hardcore drugs in other countries would be treating it as a mental health problem because Mm -hmm. it is a mental health problem. The type of person who's going to do crack or heroin or things like that, they're suffering and they're addicted and they want a way out. They are truly in a hard place. You're not going to find that with someone who smokes weed. He's like, hey man, I'm just trying to smoke a blunt. Like, very big difference between these two drugs. And so the way that they're, they're treating it the way it should be because these people need help. And it's not their fault. They're not criminals. They're not bad people if they fall into this. Anyone can fall into this, okay? There's a lot of things going on in these people's lives that you have no idea. And you shouldn't treat them as worse than you or why a lot of people are like, why don't you just stop? Well, it's so much easier said than done. If you're addicted to crack or heroin or something like that, you can't just stop. You need help. And I think that's the attitude we need to have towards drug use in our country rather than, oh, let's just lock them up. They're all criminals. They're all dirtbags. They're not doing anything with their life. And anyone can fall into this. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And some of us are dealt better cards in life than others. It's not their fault if they fall into something like that. So, yeah, I I agree with you with how countries are treating the whole drug use problem because they do need to treat it as a mental health problem. It's not something that these people can really control. You shouldn't lock up people for being mentally ill you know in the same way that you wouldn't lock up someone with schizophrenia or things like that which they can't control they need help with they don't need to be put in the cell so true because they can lock you up for like 20 years or even 15 to 20 years for something so like nothing and then like a person who like actually does like a crime they do sometimes they get less time you know it's just insane what how that happens in our country yeah I mean, as we're getting further in this, into this conversation, we're just bringing up so many things that are wrong with this world. Mm-hmm. And that's true. I mean, we need criminal justice reform. We need prison reform. We need drug reform. We need reforms of all aspects of society. And we're only talking about just a few, but they're all connected. I it, think that's what are. we need to realize. Everything that's going on with weed legalization, psychedelics, and just drug use in general also goes on with prison reform and everything like that and racial issues. It's just it's a big task that I think our generation is put with to help save this world from itself because we're going down such a horrible path. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about it is I'm seeing a lot of people, especially recently, like our generation, we care, even millennials, like we're trying to change the world for the better. And you've seen this with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I think that is a perfect example of how we're done and we're fed up with taking all this bullshit that's going on. And I think, uh, the whole psychedelics and weed and just drug in general issue that we have going on. It's just a small piece of the whole puzzle that we need to fix. So it's a big order. It's a big task, but I think if everyone really wakes up to a problem and mm-hmm. comes together, we can, we can fix it. We have the power to fix this world. It's just, you know, we need to get rid of the old white guys who are making our laws for us, who are racist and stuck in the past, not bringing us towards the future that we need to be in. So true. And yes, I mean, I slowly, slowly see 
change and and because I live in Houston, Texas, and I just a lot of things that's changing in like in Austin and Houston and Dallas, but it's still very very slow. You know, I I, I don't know how long it would take for a lot of people to maybe be open minded to drugs or or even just change a lot of the problems that we have in the country. I and, and and for us we like like you were saying, you know, we want change now. There's so many problems in our country and so many things that can be fixed and make the country even better. And we just kinda of want it now, you know, just like you said, we, we're just kinda of fed up with everything and do you think this generation how long do you think this will change you know how long do you think this will take to change do you think this generation will change it or do you think it'll be another 30 to 40 years for the country to be a little bit more progressive it'll be a long time it always takes a long time change is it's inevitable it's going to happen but depending on the situation that you're in it's going to take longer than others so right now you know, we're in an election year. I think if we elect Donald Trump, God forbid, as the president again, then, you know, that change is going to be halted even more. But you just, you got to roll with the punches. It's hard to say how long it's going to take, but we do know that if we start it now, it will happen even sooner. So we can't worry too much about the future. We need to worry about enacting this change every single day at a time and working as hard as we can to just make the world a better place at the time that we do have. So, you know, there is no time frame that you really can put on it. It's just, it's going to happen, and there is no stopping it. Yes. Um, so I, I do want to compare, like, you know, how people were in the 60s and 70s. They were trying to change their politics, you know, politics over there in the 60s back then. Would you compare what's happening right now to the 60s and 70s? Yeah, I definitely would. I think I'm... I idolized the 60s in so many ways because people, it was really the first modern day time of generations, especially younger generations, waking up to corruption in government and to seeing these problems with the world and making a stand for it and changing it. I mean, that's what the whole hippie movement was for. They were not only, you know, of course, spreading peace and love and all these amazing attributes that the world needs more of, but they were anti-war protesting. They were making sure that, hey, this incredibly racist war that we were fueling against communism, they say, which actually we started. That's a whole big mess, the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. But war in general is just a mess. Either way, they were fighting for that. They were fighting. You also had the civil rights um, movement, which was incredibly necessary for the time because they were fighting against Jim Crow laws and things that were just so incredibly racist. And you had all this, a big combination in the 60s and, you know, I, I can see a lot of that reshaping today, like the Black Lives Matter movement. I really do feel like it's resurgence of the civil rights movement that we had back in the 60s because it fixed a lot of things in the 60s, but there was still so much more work to be done. And now we're having that come back because our generation, millennials and Gen Z, we're, we're fed up with it and we're questioning it. So every couple every couple of generations, you're going to get some kids who are like, you know what? Fuck this shit. We're going to stick it to the institution and we're going to fight for what's right. And we're going to question the status quo, which is what we're doing right now and which is what they did in the 60s. So, you know, I, I like to think that we're having resurgence of that. Mm-hmm. Of course, don't get me wrong. There were so many things wrong with the 60s. Racism was even worse. Sexism, you name it. But people, they were fighting for a change for once in their life, you know? Yes. So... That's, that's what we have to look forward to. Hopefully we can get a lot more done this time around. Yeah, and I feel like we can do way more and kind of even plan together, like as many people were protesting or um, doing so many things, you know, going out there and kind of like fighting for this. We can kind of plan together and see, hey, you know, be careful. You know, this is happening in this area. This is happening in that area. I feel like we have more of a connection now and maybe we can even plan things even better how it was back then in the 60s and 70s. A lot of people back then will go to jail and, or even get killed back then in the 60s. You can't even hear right. anything about it because there was no technology or anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think one mm-hmm. of the biggest... Go ahead. So, I, and I think for right now, there, there is a, l- a lot of people talking online, and 
but I do would like even more people out there fighting, you know, going out there and protesting and doing more of that. Because I feel like that actually helps even more. I, of course, online does help a lot and spreads the word, but we also have to be, you know, out there fighting as well. Would you agree? Right, of course. Um, I think one of the biggest blessings that we have in our generation and in this time that we can make a change, and it's probably one of the big, you know, major contributors to why this change is happening so rapidly, is technology. It is the fact that by a press of a button, we can connect with people all over the country and all over the world. We can organize rallies. We can get together. We can spread information. We can really accelerate our whole movement as a whole because there's so much more connectivity these days. And so I think it's crucial that we're able to really use that technology and be able to use it in the way that's going to best help advance our movement and just making the world a better place. And that's what, of course, I'm trying to do with my TikTok. As small and, you know, funny as it may seem, oh, I just have a TikTok, you know, it's not necessarily the platform the matter that matters. It's just the people that you're able to reach. And mm-hmm. I've been able to find a whole group of people who are very like-minded and want this change. And I specifically focus on psychedelics and drug reform in general. But again, there are just so many other people out there who are, again, putting out the same message of change. And combined with the audiences that we can reach, I mean, you've seen it with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, the people involved with this is incredible and we can reach people all over the world. So we just, we need to use technology as the gift it is and use it to our best advantage to reach the masses and get the message out, whatever that message may be. Yes. And like you said on TikTok, many people may look at it differently or may think it's just like a app that is just like for gags and just to laugh or just to be funny. But yeah, the, the way, like I said, like whenever I saw your TikTok, I saw, I did see a lot of people actually be interested and even be like, whoa, this is like my favorite, you know, TikToker. Cause, you know, it's not like just being funny or anything. It's also like changing the people, the way people think and the way people are like even thinking about drugs or anything. And, and, right. if, and if you're doing that, that's a good thing, you know, it's, it's not, you're you're actually using the platform the right way, actually, the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all fun to use it to make funny videos. That's why we love the app. But it's also a great way to get a good message out there, you know, and to connect with a whole group of people. So for me, that's what I kind of set out to do with my TikTok. Of course, I throw funny videos and, you know, here and there because you got to keep things light. You can't always be so serious. You know, you got to take the time to enjoy life. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But you can definitely use it for a lot of good. And not only my own TikTok, but there are so many accounts across the entire app in general that are advocating for, you know, Black Lives Matter, that are advocating for Indigenous people, that are advocating for, I mean, you name it. There are so many things. And there's a person for basically every single thing that we need to every single movement that needs to take place, which is beautiful that our generation is getting so involved in the whole political sphere of things at a young age, which I think is a good and bad thing. It's bad because, you know, we're kids. We shouldn't have to feel the need to change the world. The world shouldn't be so fucked up that Mm -hmm. it's put on our generation that we have to do it. But, you know, it's a curse and a blessing. So. I think we can do it collectively. Our generation is probably one of the most, one of the strongest and one of the most on fire and passionate about change that there has been, that the world really hasn't seen before. But it's just, it's a shame that it's our responsibility. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be our problem. We, we're just new to this world and it's already a dumpster fire. You know, I think mm-hmm. the past generations have completely fucked it up and that's their fault that they're leaving with us. And, you know, as horrible as that is, it's our situation. So, I guess we need to step up to the plate a lot sooner than other people have because, you know, that's the current state of affairs. So true. So for you, with having like this kind of like success in TikTok of a lot of many people loving your content, how do you see your future? Do you still want to do this? Do you want to get anything related to psychedelics or anything related to what you're doing right now? Yeah. So a funny thing was, um, my mom, she's always said, she said, Catherine, 
because I've always been very political, very outspoken with my beliefs. And she said, you're either going to be a pastor or you're going to be a politician. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see where life takes me. I mean, after this whole conversation that we've had, I'm very fired up and I want to change the world in whatever way that might be. Um, I definitely am most passionate towards psychedelics because psychedelics, they don't see, they don't see race. They don't see religion. It's, for everyone it is for people to make them a better person and to help them and mm-hmm. that's what i want to do that's what i want to focus on and of course help all the other causes along the way but again we'll see where life takes me um i'm excited to see what the future may hold i think right now my my main goal is to open up my own psychedelic retreat center where people can come from all over the world and have the psychedelic experience and i'll be able to guide them through that and make it the best possible experience they could have so that's my goal but you know we'll see maybe maybe i'll get into politics i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know. like I'll, i just i want to help the world in whatever way i can for sure mm-hmm. yes yeah, as, as everyone wants yeah. to but yeah, I, I, it'll I, be interesting <laughs> but i will say having like a psychedelic retreat like it's a really good thing so many people um need some, you know, guidance to take in this drug and maybe they're, they don't know where to take it or they don't know how, you know, how to react towards, you know, towards it. So I think that would be really helpful for a lot of people and maybe even people would be even more comfortable taking it. For sure. There are already places like this. I mean, you go to South America and you can have ayahuasca retreats with authentic indigenous shamans who have been trained in this since birth, you know. And those are people who I do want to go and learn from and all of the cultures around the world and how to help best guide people with shaman- like shamanistic values and things like that. Yes. But I wanted to create kind of a first of its kind place because, again, there are these types of retreat centers, but a lot of them are little huts in the middle of the rainforest, which there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it's not that appealing to Westerners. People don't want to, you know, travel all the way down South America and go stay in a little hut in the forest. Um, So I want to make it appealing to people all over the world, especially Western societies, because I feel like those are the people who need this type of Eastern medicine the most. Um, So I want to have this beautiful place, marble floors, you know, (laughs) Um, giant backyards, just everything, kind of a Garden of Eden type place where it can be appealing. It's not just a hut in the woods, but the same practices, the same teachings, just in the more comfortable atmosphere. So it's able to appeal to a bigger masses. That's what I want to do. First of its kind. <laughs> that, is, that sounds amazing. You, you got to let me know first so I can go. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, anyone who's watching this podcast, I'm going to be in need of people who are going to help me do this because as good as I am with people and helping guide them, that's what I'll be working with is people specifically. I I'm not good with plumbing. I don't know how to run facilities like that. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's going to take a team of people, which I'm hoping I'll be able to meet in college. And I've already met plenty of people through TikTok as well. Um, But yeah, it's not just me doing this. I definitely want to be the face of it and the people the person who's really interacting with people yes. in the just physical level and things like that and spiritual guides. But, you know, I'm going to need people who are going to actually do the behind the scenes work too. For sure. So if anyone's exactly. interested in it, please reach out to me because I'm going to need some help. But again, together we definitely can do it. Exactly. So how do you, what do you see the future of psychedelics right now? Do you see it's a good future or do you see it's like, mm, it's kind of whatever right now? I think the psychedelic legalization and just overall getting it back into the public access is it's the next frontier. As you've seen with the whole movement to legalize weed, you know, it started, what, in 2012? I believe that was the first time that weed mm-hmm. was legalized, I think, in Colorado. Yes. And it's just completely exploded to today. You can, you know, buy CBD oil down the street no matter where you are even in states where it is illegal. Um, And so many states have legalized it. And it's just truly a matter of time before it's legalized across the board and it's commonly acceptable. And I feel like as soon as we reach that frontier where we do have weed legalized in it, again, all the stigma around it has been demolished by fact. I think the next thing that will come will be psychedelics. And we're already getting traces of that to this day. Um, 
uh, psychedelics such as like shrooms have been decriminalized in a whole bunch of different cities and states across the U.S. So, you know, we're seeing the first effects of it. And again, it's going to take time. I feel like what we should do is focus on weed right now because that is something that I feel like we just need to get it legalized over and done with and be done with that cause that everyone's okay. And then we can move on to psychedelics and be like, hey, guys, this is just the safe. Mm-hmm. We are Americans. We deserve the right to do this. And, you know, then that will happen. So, yeah, definitely the new frontier. And I'm excited to be a part of that cause. I hope that I can be one of the major speakers for it and advocates for it. I'd love to be the next Timothy Leary, but I think that's a <laughs> big shot. <laughs> but might as well get started. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where everything goes with psychedelics. It's going to be really really exciting just to see where things go but again there is no stopping this revolution it's going to happen so true yes and i I, like i said i am happy what the future is gonna you know in the future what's gonna happen but like you said we really do need to legalize weed in all states right now especially in texas i mean (laughs) just so many yeah it just can help out like everything. We see the success in Seattle, LA, I mean, California and um, Colorado. We see the success over there. And I would think many politicians will follow up, you know? Yeah. I think it's just absolutely insane that weed isn't legalized yet because everyone knows at this point, there's been such a good uh, public education about the actual facts behind it and attention paid to it. But, I think you're insane if to this day you can look me in the face and be like, weed is dangerous. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you are you stupid? You know, with psychedelics, I kind of get it because there hasn't been as much education and push mm-hmm. for it. But, you know, with weed, like, you got to get on the boat or you got to just, you know, watch this go by because it's going to happen. It's going to get legalized. Yes. You're just, you're, you're fucking stupid if you're against it to this day. You really are. And I know that's kind of harsh to say, but it's the truth. If you're going to be so ignorant mm-hmm. when all this information is available and when you're watching it happen with your own eyes, I mean, new states legalize it every single year. And if you're still going to be against it, you're just, you're in the wrong. But the great thing about it is there's more people who are for it and there's more people who are pushing it than ever before. So, you know? Yes, I think we're I, yes. heading in a great direction. Yeah, I will agree. More people are more open to it. Even people who don't want to do it, they're even like, yeah, I'm open to it, whatever. It's like. Right. Yeah, and a great thing that I like to say is you don't have to be some giant, huge advocate for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if some people are against weed, okay, that's, you know, don't do it. Don't smoke it. That's your personal choice. But don't take that choice away from other people. That is what freedom's about. In the same way that I'm personally against alcohol. I don't think people should drink it. I think there are plenty of other things that people can do. But it's not my place to be like, we're going to make alcohol illegal. You saw how that went with the whole prohibition movement. People deserve the right to choose what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if we're giving that same right to people who do things that are worse for you, like alcohol, it is completely insane if we're going to take away that right from people who want to smoke weed. So. Again, it's just, it's a whole mind fuck. It's crazy that this is going on. It's crazy that it's been this way for so long. But I'm glad that things are finally changing. Yes, same here. I'm so glad people are opening up to that conversation and are even opening up to that topic. So hopefully this can happen in the next couple of years. But if, um, like you said, it just depends who's on office as well. Right now, with Trump, I don't think he will ever legalize weed in all states. And right. it just kind of like, I hope it happens, you know, the next five to 10 years or whatever, you know, because this, this needs to happen. Or states need to actually start, like, kind of pushing it, too. You know, if right. a lot of the states have the power to do that as well. And and if we do that, a lot of people will start looking at it differently. But yeah. it just, you know, it's going to be... We just need to be patient, to be honest, and that's all I've been doing, just waiting and waiting and kind of just, and also pushing it as well. We also have to push it in a way of even talking about it, mark, even marketing in like a good way. If we, if we like talk about it in a bad way and so many negative things, people will be against it. But if we talk about it and kind of promote it, many people will be more, more 
open-minded to it. So hopefully the next couple of years, good things are happening. I know a lot of states are going to legalize it either next year or this year in the fall. I'm not sure. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like legalization. It's like a snowball effect. The more states that do it, the faster it's going to go. Because first you start out with Colorado, and then you have more and more states get involved. And now you look at it today. I think it's like over half of the United States has legalized it or yes. has laws that it's medical, like medically legalized. So, again, it's just going to happen. we got to be patient. we got to do our part in making sure that it does happen and then it all goes smoothly. And, you know, sit back and smoke a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And we can talk about this for hours and hours. There's so many topics and so many things we can talk about this because it's just so, just so many things you can just keep talking about it. I can go over and over and over and never stop talking about this topic or any topics about drugs, psychedelics, and whatever, politics and everything. So this is a conversation that can go for hours and hours and hours and hours. And But it's, I feel like it's a good thing because then... We um, you can talk about it with a lot of people, and people can learn and anything. I feel like people can start even learning, just even talking, you know, even listen to this conversation. To be honest, because maybe people were like, "Oh, you know, I didn't know about this. Oh, I didn't know about this," and then it just kind of like opens up that person to seeing a lot of things that they didn't see before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to anyone who's been watching this, thank you for being a part of the ride with us. Uh, and thank you for having me on your podcast, um, giving me another platform to be able to spread the good word, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Where, where, but, can, where can people follow you right now? Okay, so um, my TikTok, probably the main platform that you're going to be able to get this information from me, would be The Hippie Chick. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then from there, all my other socials are linked, so you can just go check that out. But yeah, um, be a part of this journey with me. That's what it's all about. For sure. And hopefully we can have you back in this podcast and have more conversations about this or even updates what's happening in the world soon. You know, like I said, we can talk about this for hours and hours and never end. Yep. I think we got kind of scratched the surface today. I think it was a good place that we've been at. Yes, but yeah, thank you so much for coming into the podcast today and being the first guest of Flower Talk. And I'm just so happy you you came to this uh, and agreed to have this conversation with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for letting me be here. All right, thank you so much. And like I said, we'll definitely, you know, keep in touch and see what's happening in the future. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening to Flower Talk. And then we will, like I said, the next couple episodes, we'll be talking about different kind of guests and different conversations. So, you know, just check it out. Right now, I really have, I don't have an Instagram or anything for this podcast, but soon enough, we'll have different platforms you can follow and kind of catch up what we're talking about. But thank you so much and, you know, enjoy your day.